Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you on behalf of EarthCore, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, my Mutor co-host, Sean Paulus. How's it going, Sean? Ah, uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? You got the rumbles over there. Everything okay? Uh, like a little earthquake con- or something going on. What was that about? Just a little, little tremor. A little shake. A little- Little uh, little aftershock. What's got, you, got you shaking your boots over there, Bob? Ooh, I'll tell you what it is. It's our uh, our special our special friend and guest that is joining us today has got me has got me shaking. Uh, we've got a uh, Jamal Newman coming back on the show. Hey Jamal, what's going on, buddy? Hey everybody, thanks for having me on, Dave Sean. So happy to be back. I'm sorry. That- <laughs> what a fun time this is gonna be. I'm sorry we made you watch this particular cartoon. Uh... But we are in smack in the middle of our Monster Madness month, so you kind of walked right into it. Hopefully, Sean gave you the heads up ahead of time. He did give me the heads up ahead of time, and I walked head on into it. Yeah. Head- <laughs> Knowingly, oh. too. I feel like I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> Anything else? What else you got? Oh, man. Nice head on my shoulders. He does. He's got his head on straight. You want to keep going? What else you got? Head and shoulders dandruff shampoo. That's our product placement for this episode. Brought to you by Head and Shoulders Dandruff Shampoo. That's it. That's all I got. That's That's all I got. Fair enough. Moving on. So, yeah, uh, last week we covered a pretty. We're kind of getting in like. We're scraping the bottom of the monster barrel here already in what, our second or third year of doing Monster Madness in October? Uh, This is our third year. Third year. So we've already run out of. I want to say decent cartoons, but uh, no, we've still got a bunch out there. We're finding some more obscure ones. Last week we covered Gravedale High, featuring the one and only Rick Moranis. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about a show called Inhumanoid. This one was new to me. Um, for you guys, had you watched this before? Did you watch it when you were a kid? Sean? I remember watching this yeah. when I was a kid. Uh, I think the thing that I remember even more is that I had a friend of mine that had a couple of the toys. Mm. And I was never really 100% certain. I think I maybe watched Inhumanoids because of the block of shows that it was on that right. we'll, we'll talk about because they, they are very familiar and we have talked about them before. And so I think as a result, I was familiar and aware, but I, I think I'd only maybe seen like one or two episodes, but it was the toys. The toys were actually like really, really cool. They were like really tall. They were kind of fun. I think my friend had Tendril. That we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more. That's what I was so going to ask if they had, if you had like the monster toys or the hero toys, because some have to be cooler than the others. Yeah, the monster toys were definitely cooler. I don't really remember anybody or any friends having the like the human toys, like the the actual Earth Core mm. guys. I did. I didn't have any of these toys. I don't. I didn't like monster toys when mm. I was a kid. I really? was straight building massive gi joe battles that was my core that dragon ball z if it if it wasn't human i really wasn't yeah but i mean like you're so talking humanoid sounds like your worst possible nightmare yeah basically but you're talking gi joe that had like serpentor and it had like later episodes people I, who were not even human at all i didn't, I didn't know those characters i'm talking we're talking duke destro we're talking snake eyes scarlet no we're talking. We're talking. Uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. What's his name? Sergeant Slaughter. Snake Eyes. The the black guy. Um, chain gun. Whatever. Road, roadblock. Talking, roadblock. Roadblock. There it is. You know. Why did they name him after a partition? That's. I don't they know. The black after guy's a K rail. Hurdle. It's pretty messed up. <laughs> the black guy's the hurdle. I just put that together. Anyways, but yeah, I didn't have uh, <laughs> any of the oh humanoids. Did you watch a cartoon at all? 
Uh, not the hum in human. No, I haven't either. This was a first for me. Yeah, it's probably first for a lot of folks out there too. So we're gonna have Sean roll through the history real quick to kind of give you a background on where the show came from. Inhumanoids is a 1986 13-episode animated series and Hasbro toy property. In the tradition of other Hasbro properties, such as Transformers and G.I. Joe, the show was produced by Sunbow and Marvel Productions and animated in Japan by Toei Animation. The Inhumanoids series did not begin as a conventional 22-minute cartoon, but rather as a slate of 6-7 to minute shorts that aired as part of the collective Super Sunday half-hour block alongside of other Marvel Sunbow series, such as Gem of the Holograms, which should be very familiar, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines, and of course, Robotics. It's crazy to me that we've covered all of these shows, though. I, I can't believe that. Yeah. We should, we should not have covered all no, these shows. No, at least three. That's a testament to you guys. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel I like mean, four fourths of these shows we should not have covered, but... 122 episodes in, and <laughs> we're like... We're watching now just anything that comes along. Any, anything remotely crazy, animated. How we're just crazy watching. it is. It's, we're doing it. Eventually, though, that was bound to happen once you get through the, the nitty gritty. Then now you're just, you're in that, you're in the deep internet. Right. But I think about the we're fact the that, like, web. there are, there are so many, there are so many cartoons that we have not even, like, touched yet. Yeah. Like, Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, all of these, like, some of these Disney classics. There's a bunch of other things that I just uncovered and remembered the other day. That are going to be even worse than what we watched. We've watched tonight. Man, I got and a I, tough time believing that, but I mean, and I'm so sure we, it's we really, <laughs> like, we really, we really, in terms of the scale, we're like at the top of the bell curve right now because there are things that are worse and there are things that are much, much better that we all remember. Yeah, and we've and we we've avoided just, like the major stuff, like you said, like Dragon Ball Z, uh, a lot of the more major things, a lot of the Disney shows, just because like we remember them being decent. Plus, everybody remembers mm -hmm. them, so we wanted to hit more mm -hmm. of the obscure stuff, like in Humanoids. Um, so if you're not familiar with this one tonight, Inhumanoids tells the story of the scientist hero group Earth Core, which is a very fun pun that we'll talk about probably at length tonight, as they battle a trio of subterranean monsters called the Inhumanoids with the aid of elemental beings, the Mutors. I could just sum this up and just say it's a complete mess, but uh, I don't want to give anything away, so we'll definitely get into that tonight. What, well, let me, just general let me... reactions from you guys first, since it's the first time we watched this, yeah. Cool. Uh, I loved it. I really enjoyed the hell out of the show. Interesting. <laughs> um, I thought there was just enough crazy in this, and it moved along at like a breakneck pace that it was so ridiculous and so batshit insane. And it's only 13 episodes. I think because I knew that it was 13 episodes going in, I was like, the investment's not going to be too much for me to actually see this thing the whole way through. Uh, and so having that in mind, I was like, yeah, I... I, I I kind of legitimately really enjoyed this. And I thought the creatures were fun too. I had never really seen anything like some of these, these weirdos that were in this show before. For good reason. Yeah. So that was my take on it. Jamal, how you feeling? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I felt like I was watching a construction team uh, battle against environment. I feel like the undertones of the show was, you know, I believe it's an all-white crew. Uh, destroying the planet, and the planet is fighting back. At one, at, earlier on in the first episode, I realized that the bad guys were not the bad guys that I thought. There's a different sect of bad guys. And I was like, oh, this is, uh, there's social commentary happening here, you know, talking about environment. So, um, Well, we have seen some really, really heavy-handed environmental cartoons like Digimon, and even, uh, though we haven't talked about it on the, the show Captain Planet, sure. obviously, obviously, and so... 
those two are are like unbelievably heavy-handed from the outset and saying that like we are really fucking up this planet yeah. and we need to fix it i feel like this is a little bit more subtle a little subtle but i picked up because i have big power yeah um, <laughs> so it brought but, you on the show yeah Thanks. so I, I i felt like uh i don't know if i had the same draw to the fast pace of it of you but i did stop and a lot of times in the show made me go wait what like, there's a lot of things that happen, especially, like, in between breaks. I was like, wait, what? Like, they'd come back, and there's a different tone and vibe to the same piece of dialogue that was just delivered. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I, and then, like, I, yeah, there, yeah. there was a line that was delivered to, earlier on, to the, uh, one of the women. And then it was like, I hope I see you. And then she was like, okay. And then he's like. I really do. <laughs> it was very creepy. I was like, wait, what? Because it was what? like to no one. She was gone yeah. on a fucking helicopter. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I really hope I see you again. Yeah. To like <laughs> no one. There's no one around, pal. Daddy, daddy wants to see you. <laughs> Get that it sweet ass back creepy. here. It was yeah. very good. So there's a lot of moments like that in this that made me go, whoa, what? But overall, um, yeah, I, I didn't love it. Like you love Sean. Okay. We've got, we've got a good spectrum here because we're going from uh, Sean loved it Jamal was kind of in the middle, and I'm definitely on the other end. That this just made me want to tear my skin off. So <laughs> that should give you a nice range, and we should have a good conversation for it. Um, I'm probably going to get real angry at certain points, but before we do, let's get into the theme song. Because what a way to start the show by being fucking angry at this theme song. So let's get into it. So let's 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 first start off by saying that there are two theme songs that are being sung. All right, during the entire time, this entire like thirty second theme song, there is sort of a chorus of people who are singing in humanoids over and over again, right. and then there's like a and then there's like a, a a verse part that kind of describes the fact that like they're under the earth and you know this is where the threat's coming from, blah blah blah, and uh, and then in the background, the second theme song that's being sung sounds like somebody who was really it sounds like Dave singing because he was really annoyed that this show had to be made in the first place. And it's just sort of contrasting with what's going on. So, like, while you have people that are going, like, inhumanoids, inhumanoids, there's another voice that simultaneously is going, inhumanoids, inhumanoids. Like, he it just sounds does not like, want It to... sounds like there's a demon in the recording booth, though, too. Yeah. You've got yeah. one guy who's just like, inhumanoids, fuck this show. And then there's another guy who's just like a straight-up demon in the recording booth. Yeah. It's super creepy, actually, and kind of scary. The, which it, works it's with the very, show. it does and it's what's even worse or what's even more bizarre is like all in all the theme song like the the actual animation that's going on really doesn't make a ton of sense no. okay like there's stuff these monsters are attacking them they're going down into the earth then they're fighting them down in the bottom of the earth but it looks like they're they're gonna die and like it ends in sort of like a perilous situation where all of our heroes and for some reason a woman in a blue dress are being thrown into lava and then it doesn't actually show you what the results are nothing they, they don't tell you they leave you with that cliffhanger it's just a hand coming up out of the ground and it just goes inhumanoids and that's and that, that's like it and, like, and I look at it you're just like whoa, whoa. like it was fun to kind of see because now you know who the heroes are and you know who the villains are very easily established i don't think you crazy do. monsters I, I i gotta i gotta give it to jamal right now because i don't think you do from that okay um this is one of those cartoons is the reason why kids think there's monsters on the okay. intro to this alone would i would not have watched this as if i was a kid and i and i knew it was on tv because x files 
the intro music scares the shit out of me today. Yeah. So I know I'm not man enough to handle this as a kid. This show's intro music is, it creeped me out. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, this is pretty, like I'm thinking of my younger self. I'm like, I would not watch this. I would be too intimidated by this creepiness to, to watch this and like be a follower every, every week. I couldn't do it. Luckily only for 13 weeks, so it wouldn't have been too bad. It's um, like a lifetime for a child. I know, yeah. right? I think it was because that like that low demon voice was like that weird sub hearing threshold where it's like you might not actually be able to hear it, but you sense that it's there, so it has to be a demon because there's something there, but you can't actually hear it. So definitely fucking. Did you did did you kind of notice, Dave, that there was some really weird like sound effects that was kind of going on also like underneath the singing? The whole thing just sounded like a really lazy production, to be honest, because it sounded unbalanced. Now, granted, that might have just been like the video that we watched because this has been pulled from God knows where. Um, oh no 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 no! I, I've 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 watched different versions of this. Oh, it's, what did you it's watch? very unbalanced. What did you, what'd you like, pick up? Oh no! Like it, so, there were like moments where like uh like they're throwing like one of the I think it was decomposed. One of the the creatures is throwing a rock into uh into like some stalag tights, and then they're falling down. But it's making like this weird like like almost like a Wilhelm scream in the background. Oh yeah, like really bad, just like stock foley yeah. noises that don't make any sense. So they just have like all this really, really bizarre foley. Yeah. It almost sounds like people having conversations in the background that were just like, we don't want to watch this either. Those were the <laughs> other people like, in the recording booth that were just like, yeah. you guys, your time is up. I'm, I'm sorry, gonna, yeah, we have to I, kick you out. I, I felt that too. Cause I was like, I was looking at my computer. I was like, is there, am I watching something else right now? <laughs> yeah, just I didn't know if something tabs. else was on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I legitimately thought, uh, because we, I just thought that there was another tab that was open that was playing yeah. an advertisement yeah. at the same <laughs> time. I, thought as well. I was like, is there another, is something, let me turn off the other stuff I I don't have anything else on. No, what is that's what it. is that in the background? Just the Inhuman Arts theme song, just to creep you the hell out. I don't know, man. I thought the whole thing was kind of lazy. It was rushed. It wasn't super catchy. Not not in like a good way or an earworm kind of way. It's just kind of blah. Uh, I like the animation style of it. I like the introduction to some of the like big creepy creatures and whatever the hell these human power suits are, which we'll get to in a second. But I, I don't know. Can I, can Final I thoughts. Talk about the animation for a second. Sure, let's yeah, get into it. Animation done by Nelson Shin heard of him nope he's done some credits like batman the animated series heard of it x-men heard of it transformers the simpsons heard of it yes so when i first watched this i was like man this animation style looks familiar it was pre-x-men was it his first thing I think it was his first thing. Wow. I was like, this looks like X-Men, like back when Rogue had that flowing hair and she was okay. still in the gambit. <laughs> Shoot, that's, what, that's what I think of. The good old days. Like, that X-Men. <laughs> and I was like, this looks X-Men-y. And then I looked it up and was like, oh, the same guy. Hmm. Same animation studio. That actually makes a lot of sense because that's, that's like cool. the only thing from this entire episode that we watched that I actually liked was just the animation, the flow of the animation. It wasn't janky like, um, you know, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines. It was kind of janky at times. This actually had like a good flow to it, a good kind of believability to the just the animation. I don't necessarily love the the character design. I this story is just completely whatever. We'll get into it, but I do like the animation, so I will say that that's like one. I'll give it one and a half stars, one for animation, and then a half for some of the monster designs. Yeah, John. I mean, I think the crazy thing is, and we we talked about this in the beginning of the show, was that there were four shows that all came out at the same time. Yeah. All right, Gem and the Holograms, Robotics, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines, and Inhumanoids. 
And like they could not be more different right. in terms of the shows. I think maybe there's a little bit of parallel that you could make or you'd really be reaching for between Inhumanoids and Robotics. Um, but like they could not be polar like opposites and complete different stories in terms of what they were. But like I can see now like a little bit of the similarities in the animation just because of the the fact that they had the same animation studio kind sure. of working behind them. Like, you know, you can you can kind of see some of those cross threads, but like this seemed completely different in terms of like its concept, its pitch, like what what direction they were going. And I mean, we went from a girl glam rock band right. with magic earrings to weird robot like sentient creatures on a planet somewhere to to yank justice <laughs> driving across the country in in his Bigfoot muscle car with his three pillars to inhumanoids. Yeah. So like, and it's like you you can't like you, this feels like such a, a quintessential classic 80s story that you could not make up anywhere else it's like look we had four batshit insane ideas <laughs> we got japan on board to animate it <laughs> all of japan, and japan was like totally cool yes. with this. <laughs> Let's nelson do it. shin heard of him heard of him <laughs> we're gonna do a spinoff show nelson shin show only talk nelson oh, shin God. shows just called shin show the podcast I like it. Moving on. Let's get into this episode here tonight. So we watched the first one. Now, this was like the first of a five-part sort of mini-series that launched into the 13-episode series. You really can't find these too many places online, so we watched kind of a smattering of uh, Inhumanoids episodes tonight. But we all watched the first episode, which is the intro to pretty much everything. So we're going to walk you through that and tell you at the end whether it's worth watching or whether it's worth scrubbing from all existence ever, which some of us may be in favor of. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first person that we meet in this show is a reporter who happens to be in a helicopter. And we find out that she's flying over the Big Sur National Forest, and she is reporting on what exactly? Uh, evidently, a, uh, a, the skeleton of a dinosaur that is encased in amber. So that's a hell of a thing right out of the gates. Yeah. We also find out right out of the gate that Earth Corps is government funded. It is government funded sometimes. <laughs> it is. So, only sometimes. Which feels like which <laughs> feels like sometimes. a very it, yeah only sometimes it, that felt like such a convenient note yeah. that then gets buttoned later so that's like let's dog ear that little that little thing but yeah that's a good thing to note yeah definitely a good thing to know they're government funded uh, because when she lands somewhere and then just goes up to interview one of the people who's like <laughs> the leader of Earth Corps who's working on the ground what's she call him like Herman Herm she calls him Herman. Hank? She calls Herc? him. She calls him Herman. His name's it's Herc. Herc. She calls him something else. His name yeah, is she Herc calls him Armstrong. Herman. And now's a great time to talk about what the fuck is he wearing? <sighs> yep. Let's get into this. And let's just talk about his first, because we don't meet these other idiots until later on in the episode. But this is your first exposure beyond the theme song of like, these are your heroes. These are the action figures and toys that you want to run out and buy, right? So what? <laughs> what are we presented with in this guy? He's wearing like a, a like an all green kind of outfit. Yeah, he's the all it? green That's... nightmare, as I called him. Yeah, right, all green nightmare, and uh, he goes by code name Hooker because one of the one of the arms that's on it has like a giant hook that he can he can shoot up to to lasso or repel or, or grapple onto something. And, uh, and... Be in that writer's room. Oh right. Yeah, you always need a grappling hook. So I mean, if you're like the new guy in yeah. the room and you feel like you gotta like make it make a submission, but you don't want to go too far, just be like. This guy needs a grappling. But then if you I mean, say call not... him Hooker, maybe that's a little strong. I feel like I feel like that that code name could have just sort of been left out. I I love the fact that when this reporter 
she's just like, we have Herman Armstrong with us. And you just hear him under his breath just go, Herc. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, you all he right, does not. He does not want to futz with this lady whatsoever. He, he does not, not have time all. for it. He is transporting a giant dinosaur trapped in amber. He's not got time for this bitch. Because <laughs> she's bringing up stuff. She's like, oh, what do you, what do you think about the rumors that uh, some strange sounds are being heard and the trees were, like, shaking and... The trees are speaking and the monolith is glowing. He's like, I don't like, give a fuck. What are you talking about? It's almost like an NFL coach. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It comes up. <laughs> What's the talk about? Hey, your team sucked the first half. What do you think? He's like, oh my God, I don't think uh, You're look, down 48 I... to nothing at the half. Uh, what, do, what do you think you can do to straighten it out in the second half? Uh, I don't, look, I, don't, I really don't feel like I have the time right on that. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to concentrate yeah. on the actual game that's in hand right yeah, now. But can you answer my question first? No, absolutely. Coach, can you please just answer my question? I absolutely cannot. All right, back to you in the studio. <laughs> At which point, so she just she's talking about these trees that are apparently speaking like in the forest, which this, okay, this is all pretty bizarre to just start with. So you're like Sean mentioned before, it does kind of have like a fairly quick pace to it, at least to start. Um, because then all of a sudden you kind of see some like weird tree shit happening, some like Evil Dead 2 level tree stuff. And you don't right. really quite know what's going on. And then a tree just snaps in half and almost crushes the two of them. At which point I loved how he treats this situation because he basically yelled at her like it was her fault. And then kind of just shoves her out of the way. So he like, I mean, nothing typical. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, ladies. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I like, I, I hate to say this, and I, this is always the challenge. All right, is that you have somebody who's handling an unknown quantity in the middle of the woods. All right, they they're transporting this, and suddenly they're in a big weird you know, suit. Me- the media has to hop all over it. They have to try to figure out everything that's going on during this time. And, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, just you one know? lady trying to fucking- be April O'Neil. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you know? And she has to get in there. And, look, it is a dangerous area. He's in a weird, almost like Michelin tire man style suit. It's not- and he's still in trouble. It's- so what <laughs> yeah. makes you think you landing in a helicopter <laughs> means that you're perfectly fine? Just in your regular civilian-ass clothes just holding there with a microphone and being like, can you tell, like, these are, un- this felt like Fox News touchdown. Yeah. just like, what's going on about these trees talking right what's now? With, like, yeah, what's up with these trees? Fuck off. <laughs> How did you get clearance? Yeah, Who exactly. are you? I just dropped in in a helicopter. Yeah. Well, now, okay, now let me, let me flip this on you guys, though. Put yourself in her shoes real quick. You've just flown sure. out in the helicopter. You got permission from your boss, or maybe you didn't. You landed in the middle of the forest. You found this guy who's basically a walking tank. You went up to him to interview him about speaking trees, strange noises and a giant uh, dinosaur skeleton encased in amber that's being moved on like tank treads like a fucking shuttle you've done all this stuff and you almost just got killed on live tv by a tree falling on you is this the best time to say well that's it for me now back to the studio (laughs) or perhaps perhaps continue with what's about to happen and maybe further your career at this point no you got to go back to the studio they've got time constraints I, I love the fact that she that she flew out there because presumably if she's cutting back or she's like doing a send off yeah. at the end of this, like they were live, like yeah. they flew yeah. her out yeah, there to live. do like a live segment. <laughs> yeah, Just be like, what about the trees on air? On what air. about the trees? It's real gotcha journalism. <laughs> you know this. You know I'm tired of Vice showing up to all these places <laughs> trying to do this shit. It's real fucking annoying. But but like you just started saying, get out of here. Vice. But as like a reporter myself, I was just like, why? That was your story. That's your story. That could have been like this whole episode, you introducing the story. But you're just like, well, that's it for me. Back to the studio. You're fired. Leave her out in the forest. 
this uh this sort of uh became the the portion of the the story where like it was just it was just people showing up for for no actual reason to provide the smallest bit of exposition to then immediately be shuttled the fuck out of the way well well a great case uh to your point coming up next because then we visit a drilling site Yep. Where there are people randomly drilling into the earth for some reason. You know, presumably like, Man, really stuff. Yeah. It, for two seconds, I was like, oh, they really got to get this fracking thing in Pennsylvania under control. This, this <laughs> in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that this particular drill worked because everybody on site was like super excited that they finally hit like one mile deep. Right. And then Mr. Ipat shows up and he's just like, make it two miles. Uh, <laughs> do, do you mean um, out of shape Nick Fury? Out of shape Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Retired Nick Fury. Before he got his promotion. Social security Nick Fury is, is this guy. <laughs> so he shows up and he's just like, make it two miles. And they're just like, oh, fuck, I guess. Sounds like a great idea, right? And, and here, Sean, to your point, do you remember this guy who was operating the drill? Do you remember his little uh, snippet of exposition before he dives off an exploding drilling platform? No, what did he say? He says, I feel like I just punched through a wall or something. Oh, and then just dives right. out of frame and you never see him again. Yep. Yeah. Because at this Presumably, point, drilling down two miles, one mile they were fine. Two miles, something happened. What do they? What do they unleash upon the world? Oh. Well, you see, for like two seconds, yeah. it looks like a like a tentacle, like a green kind of tentacle. Because Japan, kind of like, so. right? Because Japan, kind of a slash across the ground, and then and then that's sort of it. And then you see uh, out of shape Nick Fury. Just sit there, and again, just kind of with the one-liner, who just goes, "The ancient documents were right." Oh, fuck, <laughs> and, like, and like that was it. And he has a cigar, doesn't he? He might as well have. Did he have a cigar in his? Mouth? I don't think he did because that was probably against standards and practices at the time. But he might as well have. <laughs> just imagine that he did. Maybe I'm just imagining. It. Imagine that he did. Uh, the ancient oh, document. God, let me back up one second. Sure. And during that uh, opening sequence where they're putting out, uh, they're dealing with the, the dinosaur. At one point. Uh, someone uses the term, bring out the fire retardant. Yeah, that's... <laughs> to which I was watching, I was like, oh, come on. You mean fire challenged. In the modern era, 1986, they can get yeah. away with it. I'm like, come on. to be more on. sensitive like, about this. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's a, a PSA by Jamal. It took me out of it. Yeah. Like, I was it in it, and then they had to use the R word, and I was like, Take, taking taking your audience out. You know, well, yeah. you know, to that point, you have to really wonder because, like, nothing has happened to this thing. It's it's just it's a giant. It, for two seconds, I was just like, oh, this is like a bigger version of Jurassic Park. Cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Before it's before it's, a before it was written or was a movie, but that's yeah. fine. So thanks a lot, Michael Crichton, for stealing this idea yeah. and turning it into a multi million dollar franchise. Thanks a lot, dead Michael Crichton, stealing <laughs> humanoid stories and getting uh, married five times. You real jerk. Anyway. Wow. So we move from here to San Francisco City College. I don't know if that's exactly where we are, but that's where I'm going to say we were. Close enough. And uh, I love how they introduce this woman who's the speaker. Her name is Sandra Shore, who, this is kind of a direct quote, whose contributions to the city are too numerous, basically, to even mention at least one of them. He's like, she's made so many contributions, I'm not even going to tell you one. So here she is. Just like the well, they, worst they... kind of like backhanded compliment of an introduction I've ever heard. Well, they do that terrible thing where they were just like, and now a woman who needs no introduction. <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, it's like, look, I don't know who she yeah, is. Introduce her. And I, I, 
I love that for the I love that for shows like this where they're just like we could tell you about all the accolades that this person has received. I'm like, yeah, fire away. It'd be really cool to actually kind of have some of that backstory yeah. to understand what it what it's gonna be. Um, oh no, it's just again, it's just another random person showing up to provide a little bit more exposition before they're shuttled the fuck out of here. What it was was basically like we don't have the time to tell you about this one woman, but we will tell you everything you need to know about these four men. Which was the yeah. very next line that comes up, and they used her to introduce them. Yep, her her Am lines. I right, guys. Right, I mean, ladies. ladies. You are right, ladies. <laughs> she even she even says at some point, like, before I talk about this find of the century that exists behind me, let me introduce these four assholes. <laughs> it's just like I like it. I like. We've talked about this in the past, where if you're not going to introduce characters, heroes, and their names and associate their names with their faces so we know who we're watching during the show. If you're not going to do that during the theme song, we like when they either do a roll call at the beginning of a show or they work it into the plot. So I will give them that. They did actually work all the names of these guys into the introduction for this particular scene. A little ham-handed, yeah. but uh, it worked. We know who these guys are. Do you know right. who these guys are? I mean, we've already talked about Herc Armstrong. That's right. He's the leader. So in the we game. we sort of we sort of get the introduction. We then jump over to the the engineer who did all the vehicles. We get Doctor Bright. Doctor Derek Bright. Um. <laughs> then go. Everybody's a doctor in this. This is what makes this so They're funny. All is that they were just they were just handing out random PhDs one day. Sorry. Oh, because we have uh, we have Auger. <laughs> He's the uh, he's the distinguished. Uh, he's made all of the uh, protective exosuits and weaponry. Yeah, which is why he should have been like euthanized from the start. Like they should have just <laughs> they should have looked at his designs and just been like, "Fuck no, you are not on this team. What are you drawing? You're like a kindergartner." There's a point in this where they do a back and forth saying, "These are uh, that's a testament to my suits," and then the guy goes, "Well, my designs." <laughs> Jesus, neither of you should be bragging about this. We'll talk about these. Already, we will talk about these suits coming up really shortly because we finally get to see them, and they are horrific. Like, like this team from from that comment alone, this team should have been cut in half. Yeah. They should have been like, "You're dismissed for your designs. You're dismissed for actually building these." Really not questioning yeah. these terrible designs. Like you should be fired because you designed this, but you should also be fired because you read these designs and then were like. Okay, I'll get to work. Okay, I'll get to work. <laughs> and then spent, yeah. This all looks good. Yeah. I'll get right on this. And then spent taxpayer dollars, probably in the millions, on each of these yeah. things. Oh, these, these unfunctioning suits for a human body? Like, no, no problem. I'll get, I'll get right to it. Okay, so we got one guy left. Oh, no, we don't. I think you covered got, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 you've you got do one have, left. You've got have, a doctor. Oh, God. His introduction is the worst. Please do it like she did it. Dr. Jonathan Slattery. From Mad Men? <laughs> Otherwise, no. Yeah, I know. Otherwise, otherwise known as the liquidator, because <laughs> like, he can discharge chemicals. Uh, do you, Do you remember what you called him though? After the liquidator, he had another moniker that was his like description of his specialties are even fucking worse. Oh, he was a. Uh, well, he, I, I got he's you. there like the chemist. He's the chemist, but what was the other? Well, thing? he's uh, John Slattery, better known as liquidator, master of chemistry, spelunking, and sundry arcane sciences. That's right. Yes. Sundry arcane science. Look, when you go yeah. to San Francisco City College, you can triple major in all of these fields. <laughs> only I knew. <sighs> yeah. If only if only I would have known we all 15 gone back. something years ago when I would have oh. gone back to school. We would have joined up with Earth Corps. So much money. Yeah. Oh, the, the, Way the better than the Peace Corps. Way cooler than the, the Peace Corps, man. 
Uh, fuck. God. John Slattery, though, that just cracked me up to no end because he's the guy that plays Roger Sterling on Mad Men. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my mm, God. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't think he was a kid when he was watching this. It was 30 years ago, uh, but uh, pretty funny nonetheless. So there you go. So there's our team. We've just been introduced. So now shit's about to hit the fan, right? Like, right. is normally how it happens. This, I mean, this sequence to me was basically like, it was kind of fun because it was like watching a Godzilla movie. But after it was over, it left me wondering, why wouldn't I just watch like a Godzilla cartoon? Yeah. It's really, really interesting that you say God, or that you say like a Godzilla in particular, because I really got a King Kong vibe from the whole setup of this. Like they had something unknown uh, up on stage. They had this entire auditorium filled with like thousands and thousands of people. And then they sort of have this big reveal where they pull back a curtain to you know, presumably show what this unknown quantity is. Uh, with this this you know petrified amber dinosaur is that's behind here, and everybody's just kind of like, oh, yeah, sort was, of like it a was King like Kong when, reveal moment. Yeah, when they were on stage and the thing kind of breaks free. Spoiler alert! Um, that was very King Kongy when they're in like the theater and it's kind of breaking free on stage. But then, right. don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> those <laughs> are made of ten steel. <laughs> but like, I love the part that like from the four. Earthcore guys, we get one of the one of the guys at this point. Like, I really can't tell them apart uh, because which, I haven't which, really. Which s- guy did what? I'll tell you who it was. Well, we have we have one guy that just goes, <laughs> he just goes. I, could, I told you there was a weird energy coming from the crystal. That's got to be that's got to be Slattery because he was kind of like the hippie guy who's always like trying to get in tune with everything around him. Right. I was like weird energy. I was like, when did you become a crystal healer, buddy? Yeah. I was like, 80s. you know, like unbelievable. Uh, and then to like, this guy's like. To Jamal's point that he made earlier, Augur is super creepy because he's he's like a bald guy. He looks kind of like like a Mister Clean, but he's got a dark mustache, and he's trying right. to hit on, um, Shore Sandra Shore, but like from behind yeah. the curtain, he's not even talking to her. He's like, yeah, I wonder what she's up to late at the night. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's it. super creepy. What she? What do you, what do you think? She's uh, she got a boyfriend? Uh... <laughs> Something else. Uh. She, uh, she's looking to get a key to the city. Uh, she went on to talk to daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are direct so quotes. Creepy. Yeah, direct quotes. <laughs> Those are direct quotes. It's really hard, too, because I know that we're all shitting on Augur, but I was like, this guy, A, as you come to find out later, is just insane. Insane. Yeah, insane. All right? But he is also, like, a, he is also, like, dead-on biggest creeper in this show. Oh, yeah. And there were moments where I was like, I could watch 22 minutes of Augur just, just creeping. Augur clips. Augur creeping. Just, Augur, I'm just like him in the club, and he's like, how's it going, ladies? Do you know it's five for five shots tonight? Who's interested? <laughs> Who wants to get fucked up? Augment the show. Yeah, just really... Just, like, I could have just made this this whole series of just creepy Augur moments, and I think I would have enjoyed it just as much, to be honest. I, I don't know why. It's just, there were so many weird things that happened. I was like, nah, I got on board with this. Well, one of the creepier things that happens with him happens at the end of this sequence. So let's, let's get through this. It's like half King Kong, yeah. half Godzilla. Because while you've got this thing on stage that's kind of breaking out and threatening to, like, stomp all over the place, you've got this crazy Japanese tendril monster that's kind of like Cthulhu that comes up and starts stomping across, of course, the Golden Gate Bridge because we're in San Francisco. So he's destroying that. And that was kind of like the Godzilla-esque thing for me. So you've got kind of these two monster movie tropes kind of meeting together and I thought that was kind of cool because I was like I don't know if they're going to fight each other I don't know if this is some sort of like king of the monsters thing where they're going to battle for supremacy or what's going on all I know is that the police in San Francisco have lasers and I feel like that is something that probably needs to happen 
just like in general, like modern day, they should have lasers. Yeah, we should probably have lasers because A, they can't hit anything with it and B, it doesn't hurt when they do. So I feel like if we just give them lasers, a lot of problems will probably be solved, except giant monsters. So this is like your, your solution to like the gun problem and epidemic in America. Yeah, lasers. Just give people lasers. Give everybody lasers. Second Amendment. Like n- corollary non-threatening, A. Everybody has the right to possess lasers. Yeah. Okay. Non-threatening lasers. Mm. I think mm. as, if, if you're going to give everyone lasers, at some point, um, some select few people who deemed worthy should be given like a classy weapon, like a, a sword that lights up with a crystal and like has a short range that you can holocron if if we're i don't know if like some kind of like laser sword combo yes yeah, some kind of laser sword thing that lights up it's almost feels like a saber yeah like i was almost. gonna say like a saber <laughs> like, saber yeah, kind of something that lights up like that and then they can like use their powers to battle lasers because you got to have something oh and because it's yeah because yeah, it's yeah. light too you can always block other lasers yeah, with yeah, it that actually makes yeah. sense we should circle back to that offline and yeah. uh there might mm-hmm. be something to it that's pretty smart yeah just a thought just yeah a that's thought. smart but yeah, so in the meantime, before we get to some like light sword thing, uh, the police all have lasers, which doesn't do anything. So it of course falls to the Earth Core to try to like settle this situation. And here is where shit gets to the point that I just wanted to turn it off. As soon as I saw these guys get into these suits, I was done. <laughs> I was done with this show. Because I was like, you can't, you cannot even sell me as a child. Like if there's something on TV that looks like something I could have drawn years before I was watching it, I'm not going to buy that toy. It looks like a bunch of primary shapes stacked together and on top of each other, <laughs> like you'd see on a refrigerator somewhere from like a kid in pre-kindergarten. It was awful. Maybe you guys like have a difference t- of opinion. There was two seconds where I was reminded of another cartoon that we'd watch called Centurions, where they power extreme and then they have all these pieces that come into their body that attach it. them. Don't you disparage. But even, but even then, Centurions made a shit ton of sense because it was still like mobile they still had the ability to to function and like move their body the way that they needed to these suits seemed like let me just put it this way if you one of these suits had giant like circular balls all of these suits had giant balls let's let's, go that would go out of the way right the shoulders the The shoulders the the ankles the ball shoulders but like (laughs) every everything that should have been a joint or was like a fixed bone was now a ball like they had a gall problem like they were just infested with like an insect population, and they just swelled up. Fuck. Yeah, everything. Everything literally looks like a bee sting that just somebody needs to like. These, just these, like oh, you need better. These robotic like. suits are just in a compl- like a persistent state of anaphylactic shock. They're just swelled up the yes. entire time, and there is no Benadryl yeah. flow. Like what? What should have happened is they should have gotten into their vehicle. They should have put the suits on, and then somebody should have run up to them and be like, "Do you guys need an EpiPen?" Yeah, just like just stab it like, into yes. them. Yes, yes, yeah. We need six. Thank you. I can get out of this suit now. Yeah. <laughs> finally, it's swollen. I can finally get out of this suit. All this pain is caused because these joints are not made for a human being. All the swelling has finally gone down. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. When I was outside of my suits, I didn't have a problem with the fact that my ankles were giant balls and yeah. were clinking together nonstop. But now that you've given me this EpiPen, I'm able to get away from this cursed suit yeah. <laughs> that restricts my every fucking movement. Look, and we, we've, we've seen stuff like this before. Like Centurions, yeah, they had their Lego kind of exosuits that they would just clamp machine parts on. I love that. We had Exo Squad, yeah. where they just kind of like would go into these E-frames, which were kind of big, bulky, cumbersome. Um, that had like a they had like a wire jack matrix style right. that plugged into like the back of their. But that head. was it. They weren't like giant misshapen. Those are cool toys, though. You know what I mean? Like those are at least cool, functional toys that make sense. Whoever, I mean, if this is your boy Chin, I'm sorry. These are terrible. <laughs> these designs are terrible. 
and they would not be functional in any way, shape of the imagination. They, I, I can't hey. even like wrap my head around those. Like forget the monsters and everything with the plot. I cannot wrap my head around the designs of these characters or the toys. <laughs> what what failure in quality control in a in a toy factory in Taiwan happened that spat out <laughs> that happened that spat out all these toys that they were like, well, fuck, these are fucked up. We really got to make a cartoon that explains these now. Because we're not going to swallow I, I, that cost. Go ahead, Jamal. Go ahead, Jamal. The very first time I saw the suits, I said, okay, this is Metroid Prime if they lost all their money. Exactly. And like, they had budget cuts. <laughs> Broke-ass Metroid Prime. Extreme, like, austerity measures out yeah. the butt. Like, they could not build a proper suit. I was like, if this was Samus, this is the worst version. This is almost like they were, like, prototypes that they all rejected, and then Earthcore bought. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, leftover Samus suits. <laughs> It looks like if Tony Stark had his Mark I armor and then never yeah, had yeah. another idea except to make it look like balls. Yeah. I, so, so, like, again, we talked about people, like, needing to get fired and needing to get, like, cut from this team, bragging about what they were doing. Again, this is another perfect opportunity because somebody was like, I drew these things and created them. Our boy Shin created them. Heard of them? Heard of them? Like sketch these things out, sent them then to a to like a toy sh like shop or like a place where they were making the molds in Taiwan, and Taiwan was just like, "Yep, let's get right to work on this." Like the, everybody should have been fired down yeah. the line. I really this. hope that the toys came first, and they were just like, "Ah, uh, nobody's buying these things because they look like ass." Let's make a cartoon that explains it, and then don't explain like, it. Just make then don't explain yeah. it. <laughs> but like, who the hell would have made these molds and just been like, "So I think five year old I mean, brother came with upside to work down. today." Something. They're just, just put them on the but wrong way. These were like weird sex no toys because of just like the number of balls that were on them. <laughs> Tendril. Tendril. Yeah. Tendril. Tendril. Mm. Like maybe this was like a weird fetish like sex toy thing, and then suddenly they were just like, "We gotta market these to kids because we're not making any money because nobody's gonna put these things inside of themselves." I just, I just don't get it, man. Oh, Dave's agreeing with me right now. Okay, good. <laughs> this is not, a, this is not agreeing with. You. We're turning Dave. He's becoming a no, show. I, no, I, I think, Dave, I think we're good. really selling it's Dave. Good. Okay, okay, look, look, look. Even if, even, if, uh, even if the design, <laughs> even if the shape of these things made any kind of anatomical sense, the color scheme, the color scheme. Roy G. Biv, what's up? It's like, what's up? It's like whatever colors the rainbow shit out is what they decided to put on these characters. It's like whatever was the cheapest dye for the plastic molds. They were like, that's the one we want. We want just purple like seven. like a bruise color purple, and we're just gonna put a tube in it for some reason, and give him a Yellow drill. Number five. Fuck. <laughs> All right, here's a good time to talk about Augur though, because you said you guys said he was crazy. So yeah. we learned from like this the sort of sciencey guy, the nerdiest guy of this group, uh, Doctor Bright, that he's like super into this vine creature tendril. Uh, he's like, oh, this mm. machine in front of me, which I don't know what it is or how it works, tells me that this thing is probably cold blooded but I will need a, a, a tissue sample. So here's your boy, Augur. What's he, what's he up and do? So like he, as, as, as Jamal was alluding to, you know, if you only had somebody's suit that had sort of like a sword, like a glowing oh, yeah. kind of like circular saw sword on the end of it that was able to, like a serrated blade that was able to just come over and just like cut something out. If we only, oh, we do. We have somebody Oh, we do. His, yeah, his name's Augur. Yeah. <laughs> Which is purple funny because that's, not what a, that's really not what an he was like. If is. Grimace just like really hit the weights hard and then just decided to, <laughs> to pour himself into then, a suit, but was like only working on glamour muscles, yeah, <laughs> like, just joints, just joints, just, just bulking just up my joints. joints. 
Every day is shoulder day, son. Y'all, I'm working that, working that elbow workout Chest today. Back. Blowing that joint up. Yo, it's me, Tony it's Horton, swall, just doing shoulders nonstop, seven days a week. Bring it! It's a new CrossFit workout. 100% joints. <laughs> new CrossFit joint. Joints. All joints all Bail the time. Ladies love joints. Get your joints swall. Oh, and now you have arthritis. So, yeah, so, so like, yeah, what does Augur do with this? So he he immediately again this like you know we we've talked about this a lot and this seems to be like a reoccurring theme on so many shows is that you're put into a situation where you actually see the team operating as a team for the first time and their first inclination their first thing that they do is everybody's just like break go do your own fucking thing that you want to do so Augur immediately runs out with his knife arm and just runs towards this unknown tendril that, like, you know, we, we've seen that, that tentacle at the, the fracking site earlier. Right. Uh, he, so he's now back in full effect. He's kind of like a cool Swamp Thing. He's like uh, a Swamp Cthulhu Thing, Cthulhu, monster. Lovecraftian monster. Yeah. yeah. I like the design. Like, he's kind of yeah. fun. I like, and that, this was the toy that my friend had oh, that okay. I always All loved, right. too. And so, like, he comes, he comes, like, running up to Tendril, who's just, like, smashing cars. And he just begins, like, cutting off a piece of his foot. <laughs> Like, just runs up next to a threat. Again, you know, I can definitely see where the fact that this was all made by the same production companies. Because if there's anything that we've learned from Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines is that if you have a problem, drive your monster truck straight into that problem. Yep. Smash it. All right? And, sol- and solve your problem that way. This guy is like, there's a problem. I'm going to go run into it. And then I'm just going to cut it wide open, steal a piece of it, run the fuck away. Hey, hey, you know what you're going to do when you, when you go up, cut a thing, and then take a sample of it? Yeah, what's up? You also want to quietly yell whatever your organization is. Yeah. <laughs> Earthcore. Earthcore! But it wasn't even like loud. He was just like, Earthcore. <laughs> just like creepily whispering to him, like, Guys, because again, like, Augur is going to be the guy who meets you in like the, the W Hotel, like in New York at like the bar, like late at night. It's going to be like 1 30. You're going to be thinking about like, how much, how much longer am I going to be drinking tonight? He's going to be like, Yo, what up, Earthcore girl? And you're going to be like, Oh, Earthcore, really? Like, and that's gonna sell you on them. Can like, I, that's a break piece up, take back upstairs, my daddy. Yikes. But like, that's how much of a like that's how much of a creepy player he is <laughs> about the entire thing. Like, he's just a weird freak. So that's going on. Augur's creeping people out. But meanwhile, you've got this thing back in the San Francisco City College Auditorium that's also breaking out of its amber shell. And it turns out it's right. not 100% dinosaur. It just kind of sort of has a head of a dinosaur kind of mm-hmm. thing. Just a, sort of a skull yeah, of a dinosaur? horse chest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, things got weird at this point because you find out that these two giant monsters actually know each other and we finally learn their names. So the tendril monster happens to be tendril. And the giant dinosaur monster turns out to be Decomposer. Decomposer. And it's not even Again. spelled the way you'd like. D apostrophe composer. Sort of like, like he was a classical musician. Oh, I thought it was just decompose. Uh, was it just decompose? Yeah, I think it's just because he... Regardless. Because for the, the longest time, like, he looks like he's like a skinned... Like, if you were to pour acid on a T-Rex... Hydrofleur, Like, yeah, that's... So, yeah. Yeah, hydrochloric acid on a T-Rex. Yeah, right. That's Decompose. what this guy looks like. And he just he's sitting there for the longest time and, and like he look he he's a gross looking creature and he's just going, Decompose! Decompose! And you're like, what okay, cool. It looks like you're already decomposed. Like you yeah, he is. naming he's the state that monsters. your matter is in is not helpful. Stuck in a rock. <laughs> Stuck in a rock. <laughs> 
So at this point, oh. Tendril comes over and actually freeze Decompose from this thing. So the, their plan now is to, and Decompose just kind of says this quietly, he's like, free me and we can go free Metlar. And you're just like, the fuck? And then basically the, the place collapses upon uh, Liquidator and Sandra. They, and he's kind of rescued her. And they escape. She ends up escaping like on a helicopter that takes her away, which we get to another creepy point. Well, there's there's one part as they're escaping yeah. that uh, Liquidator is in there uh, rescuing Shore, and uh, something's going on, and, and Decompose is kind of like lunging at them, yeah. and then he just blasts them with whatever <laughs> like, is in his suit. Yeah, yeah, we just he just like he money shots Decompose <laughs> right in the face. It's like I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> it works. It's amazing. Uh, so we get to our first commercial break in this show and th- this has like one of the cardinal sins of 80s and 90s cartoons that i absolutely hate where they close on something like a line somebody saying a line or an action and then they come back and it's the same line or action but weirdly it's like a different person saying it or a different tone of voice <laughs> and it just yep. messes yep. with your head as a kid like you're like did i have like a memory problem like did i did i fall and like hit my head and remember things differently go ahead I was like, uh, I was amped up. I was ready to yeah. go. Like, oh, back, back from commercial. Then he comes back and he's like, oh, no, someone's chasing us. Like, it took the air out. I was like, wait, are you no longer worried about the situation you're in? He's like, you, were, you sounded super worried before the commercial. And now you're like, just, eh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, like two you know, cereal commercials and an RC toy car later. And you're like, no big deal. It's, everything's cool. I had a smoke. We're fine. We're back in the yeah. studio. He was like if you went down to the shore and you went to like one of those tchotchke places, you know, that's like trying to sell you like shells and like other various like sundries and crap that you would get at the beach. And there's like a wooden sign that just suddenly says like, it is what it is. Like that's suddenly what he turned into. He was just like, what can I do about it? These monsters are here. It is what it is, guys. And you just whisper, Earth Core, and just walk away. Earth, Earth Core. So speaking of Earthcore, we are now back at Earthcore HQ, which is just some random like bunker out in the middle of the desert somewhere. I don't even know where they were supposed Camp to be. David. <laughs> Camp David. Was it Camp David? That was a hell of a, hell of a travel for them Camp from San Francisco. <laughs> uh, at this point, you have a radio announcer. This is one of my favorite just kind of like <laughs> throwaway lines because they work this weird like existential dread into this thing that must have been like it must have been some Cold War era shit still like hanging over the populace at this point. Because the radio announcer says, he's talking about these monsters and how they disappeared and what exactly is going on. He says, were they from outer space? Mutations caused by toxic waste? Or were they a mass illusion created by the stress of modern living? And then somebody just turns yep. the radio off like, fuck that. <laughs> what? So, you can't ask that of I, kids. I, like, I, I think... And I, I only say this because, like, there's, there's so much that goes on, and I, I really want to get to the craziness that is this oh, show. Because we're, we're not there yet, all right? But, like, the main points are that you find out is that the team is, again, they're going in their own separate directions, yeah. and then also that the military doesn't care. No, they don't give because a shit. they all have one of those, they have the, one of those lines where they're like, well, I guess we're all on our own. And you're Literally. Like, yeah, you guys, you guys kind of seem like you've always been on your own. Like, you guys are always just rocking like rogue like non-stop like it doesn't seem like people this is the crazy thing is that there seems like a credible threat but the military is like we're not paying attention plus there must have been like news reporters or something like that the town was being destroyed by a cthulhu and a dead t-rex <laughs> and people are just like well maybe it was a mass hallucination you yeah it could have been, been mass hallucination you don't know you don't know yeah. 
Just an earthquake, probably. Who, Mass hallucination. Who, who knows? Stress of modern living. <laughs> yeah, stress of yeah, modern living. But, it was. but like, you get to the point where like everybody kind of like they get like a hot tip from one of the oil workers, like one of the guys who was like on the fracking yeah, site. Yeah, his buddy over and, at the and drill. Doctor, yeah, and Doctor Bright's just like, well, that seems like a credible lead. I'm gonna go do that. <laughs> I love, I love when he's talking <laughs> right, to the cool. general though, like the off-screen general somewhere, and he's like, no, we have credible information that they're from the center of the Earth, and he says center of the Earth about six times, and then he's like, they're <laughs> yeah, not right. extraterrestrials. I guess we're on our own. <laughs> center, <laughs> terrible. We're we're center, center, of the center of the Earth. Center of the Earth. Yeah, so they're divided up now, and they go in what three different directions for the four of them, right? Right, right. So Liquidator, who's kind of like the the hippie guy, John Slattery. He goes to the middle of the forest where Herc was originally. And then we've got uh, Herc and Augur team up in a submarine that they apparently have, also on the taxpayer's <laughs> dime. And they go into the San Francisco Bay, because they think that maybe that's where the monsters disappeared to. And then you've got, uh, who's left? Dr. Bright, who finally gets to sort of suit up in one of the weirdest contraptions, I think, maybe on the show. Yeah. This is the blue suit, right? He's not, yeah, e- he's not even suit. like a suit suit, though. He's just kind of in like his workman's overalls with weird bear traps on his hands. <laughs> with like neon green bear traps on his hands and he repels down into the the hole that they were drilling into the earth in a in a complete waste of a sequence that was completely useless it was totally unnecessary yeah. because like long story short uh like unfit nick fury decides that he's gonna like as dr bright is lowering down into it uh he cuts the he cuts the rope yeah. he falls bear claps like bear traps deploy out of his fists he grabs onto the side but at the end it looks like they, they start a cave-in and yeah. everybody runs away oh, yeah. all right but then dr bright like climbs up out of the rubble at the end <laughs> like how un- did he unscathed. get through yeah how unscathed. did he get through he was like, like he was like he kept saying like i'm 50 yards down i'm 100 feet down whatever it was this was another one of those yeah. commercial breaks though where they like he said one thing and then they came back from a commercial break and he repeated the exact same thing so that infuriated me i wanted him but, to like, die enthusiastically unfortunately it did not happen <laughs> oh i'm gonna die Cut to a commercial comeback. I'm gonna oh, die. Man. Crushing us like a tin can. A tin Come back can. From the commercial break. Crushing us like a tin can. Uh, it's like a. I think it was tin can. Was that the line? Yeah, it was a tin can. Yeah. I love. Okay, so at this point though, we're we're finishing up with uh, Doctor Bright here because he doesn't matter and he should have died. But as he's yeah. like being buried under the earth, uh, Fat Nick Fury comes over and he has like this henchman out of nowhere who's like the stereotypical, he's splattered for sure, boss. He's like a very stereotypical <laughs> kind of henchman. This guy, whose name is Shore, by the way, uh, Nick Fury yeah. has some of the best lines and some of the worst deliveries. <clears throat> like, trigger the cave-in, then no one can prove anything. And they wheel out this giant, like, I don't even know, washing machine-sized, like, ball bomb that just explodes this whole thing to cause a cave-in, at which point he says, our work is done, let us now depart. Let us now depart. <laughs> he sounds like a like a Catholic priest at the end of mass. <laughs> Did you enjoy the service? Go you know, with God. Uh, everybody go on, go in peace. Go in peace. Go in go peace. Peace be with you. It's ridiculous. Uh, and then he delivers the best line of exposition possibly in the whole show. Now to acquire the plans for Earth Corps environmental suits. God, these guys, I hope they got paid well because they did not give a fuck to these voice actors. Because you know, the priciest thing on the show is those Those suits. suits. You got a washing machine bomb, you bought off all the drillers. And And you're trying to get this unattractive looking uh, suit that's going to be very unflattering on your fat Nick Fury body. Okay, so I would argue the next least interesting thing that happens is with Herc and Augur underwater. Yep, yep. They, they, they go underwater, they take the sub, and at one point, 
Augur has the best line. He just goes, look out! And to which Herc replies, he goes, ha-ha! <laughs> Tuna fish. <laughs> Yeah, because they thought things were coming. It was just big tuna fish school. The best was that his follow-up, though. He just goes, tuna fish, it's not our problem today. I was like, is it a problem any other day? Like, is this just like an off day for you guys? Do you normally have a beef it's with tuna fish? It's not our fish? problem today. today. I don't, I Earth just uh, uh. So they, they basically, they're under, uh, they find their way into a lava tube, they run into the monsters again, and that's where, like Jamal was saying, they got us and it's crushing us like a tin can! And it's crushing us like a tin so can. It, it seems like they, it seems like they're pretty far underwater, correct? Two miles. Yeah, two miles. Thank you for, because that's an important distinction. And I bring that up because uh, I, I want to let everybody know that um, if you are ever diving or if you ever receive a scuba certification that you're really only ever supposed to go between like 30 to 60 meters, that's, I think. That's close to two miles, water. though. Is it? Sure. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know distance. Definitely not. I definitely didn't, no, not it's definitely not. Not. It's not, even it's not even close. Guys, <laughs> did you just really say, <laughs> no, no, oh, I'm, that's I'm, close I'm to two miles? Close. Right. No. <laughs> 30 to 60 the, the, meters. It's not. So the, the, whole, the whole point and the reason that I'm saying this is that if you can, you, can le- you can technically go down to, I believe it's like 99 to like 101 meters, but then your ascent has to be slow because you can potentially yeah. get the bends. Yeah. The bends. The bends. If you're trying great. to bring... Radiohead if album. You're trying to bring scientific discussion into this terrible show. No, I'm not. We're gonna have a because it's gonna be a long discussion. Because, because ultimately, what happens is this sub gets crushed yeah. by uh, by the monsters. And then they themselves right. blow it up. The humans yeah, on board. They, they, <laughs> they put their suits on and they blow the pressure on the ship and just eject themselves <laughs> two miles up, <laughs> like and up and out of the water. The, That's why the the. Bulges are on the suit for the that's bends. That's what it was. Hold all your bends. That's in. what it is. So that the blood can boil. Yeah. In those cauldrons. It just holds all your blood in those spheres. All your blood boils in those cauldrons. It brings it away from your heart and away from your brain. It just puts it right so in your joints. You just, yeah. Now it makes sense. What you want to do is put all your Logical. all the blood from your body, put it in your one knee. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking true. So like they get they get like they get up to the top of this island they climb out and all of a sudden decompose immediately begins to try to attack them claw. and then they just yeah. and then they they just run they kind of just run well he away. gave up because he had to go check on his buddy tendril it was like a really tender moment yeah. between the two of them right. very sweet so like that happens so let's get to arguably the only storyline that actually really yeah, matters because we get we get in introduced to form. a new sect of creatures and we also learn some backstory so this follows liquidator right. into the forest where he got some weird vibes earlier even though he wasn't there right so there's been reports of weird vibes so he goes to check it out and pretty much as soon as he goes there he uses some weird device which explodes and then just starts like talking to creatures around him and it turns out that well, do you do you remember what he the, the device explodes yeah. Dave, and then he just goes, "Come on, communicate with me. No reason we can't be, be friends. friends." Just the worst kind of hippie, the worst kind of hippie. Because then all these trees start like moving and growing and looming over him like terror monsters, and they're basically just like, "You're not leaving this forest alive." And he's still trying to like commune with them. Then, long story short, they're basically like, "Look, you seem like you have good intentions, so we're just gonna weirdly breathe on you, and it's gonna explain this entire backstory of what's going on." It's <laughs> more or less what happens. So this is where we get our, our backstory and exposition, which to me, again, was the only sort of interesting thing from the whole story. But it's, it's, 
pretty straightforward, right? So we have this long-ranging yeah. battle going way back in time under the surface of the world between the Mutors and the Inhumanoids. Mutors are the quote-unquote good guys, which are basically redwoods, a bunch of sentient trees, the granites, a bunch of sentient rock people, and then Magnacore, which is like this weird, weird lava-looking dude. It's like a dude. Gemini creature. He's, he's like, like a weird Gemini creature. Yeah, because he's half like kind of lava rock and half kind of just like magnetic being, or, or like an ice being. Right. But he creates this magnetic field that can, um, can contain the leader of the Inhumanoids, and that's the main thing. Um, right. But yeah, so I, I need to go over a couple things of how the other Inhumanoids were contained, specifically Get into it. decomposed. Um, Get into it. Uh, so where do we have here? Okay, so Metlar was confined in the magnetic field. Um, how was, how was ten, oh, Tendril was locked up in that underground tomb, which is, he was freed yeah. by the drill, because they drilled specifically right. into his underground holding cell. Correct. Decompose, however, since he's like an undead creature, he was stunned into like motionlessness by the sun and then pushed into a pit of amber. <laughs> it was at this point, fuck this show. That's not how amber works. It's not how amber works. Amber's not just like a like a thing that you can mine. Go back, go but, back but and watch on. Jurassic Park again, and you'll figure out how that. Yeah, go ahead. But, like, hold on, because a smart person a couple minutes ago just said to me, are you trying to bring science and logic into this No, 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 I show? said because if you are, we're going to have a very long discussion. <laughs> like, Bear Claw would have had his arms ripped out of his sockets if he tried to stop himself falling down a two-mile-deep mine shaft, but he's totally fine. I mean, the suit protected him. I mean, that's what... Yeah, all their blood went into I mean, their balls. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suit. yeah, yeah. The blood balls. Understood. But like you, you learn that there's this, there's this really epic war that's been raging on for like years and years and years, you know, between these uh, mutors and the inhumanoids, and 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 man has sort of now they've really really fucked up because they've unleashed these two humanoids, which now they're definitely the decompose and tendril are definitely going to be going after Metlar to try to free him from from Magma Core. And if you understood or followed a single word that just came out of my mouth, congratulations to you. Because there was a moment when I was saying all of it where I was like, do I actually know what I'm saying? Like, did did I comprehend everything that just came out of my mouth? You're wasting so much brain power on these things. Fuck, man. In general. Uh, I'm starting to change my view. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Now, look, I I will. I watched. uh, I know Jamal watched an extra episode. I watched uh, the fifth episode of this miniseries. So do you guys have anything else from this episode? first before we touch on those a little bit i have one final okay, thing okay. at the end of this uh you know we one of the big things that we mentioned is that during that when tendril was attacking and augur went out and cut off that little piece of him the very end of this episode you come back and you find that they're all of earth is back in their earth, earth core base all right they're in earth core hq and they're researching the fact that the piece that they've cut off of tendril it's starting to expand like it's starting to get bigger all right, and so they're all sitting around the table, and and Liquidator is just like, "You are never going to believe this shit show story that I just fucking <laughs> I learned just tripped balls about all this forest. stuff." Yeah. yeah, like I just took a shit ton of pay. I was just at the Burning Man. <laughs> I just ate a ton <laughs> like of shrooms. A satellite burn. Forest. Let me talk to you about yeah. it. Yeah, he's like, "Let me fill you in on all these things." Like, I love the fact too that like he's a do- like he's a scientist, like he's a doctor, but he brings back no scientific proof. Like, I would have brought back one of those like trees yeah. and been like, one "You guys got to breathe on everybody else." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, you guys got to clue everybody in because we're trying to help you. We're Earthcore. 
like Earth, Earth it's God. in our name that we're we're trying to to benefit you in some way but then just suddenly out of nowhere like as he's explaining it tendril just <laughs> smashes the top of it yeah. and then it just cuts you like and it's like to be continued to be continued that's what i'm saying is that this show the pace of it is so rapid and it just leaves you with these ridiculous cliffhangers left and right that you're just like okay like i'm the I'm legitimately interested to see what they do with this, like this hot pile next. Oh, it was a hot pile. What'd they do with it, Jamal? I'm curious because I could not find that second episode. Well, the ending of the first uh, part uh, with him slamming it down starts the next scene, the next episode with him just gently flicking, (laughs) (laughs) just caressing to match, to match, just caressing uh, the top of the the bring back. No, I'm a, I'm the de-escalation of yeah. everything that's happened. So I did watch the second episode, but as I said, I had to watch it while also trying to ignore uh, yeah. the people who were like who are viewing like it to see yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, the biggest thing that starts me in the beginning was they finally introduced the female character, right. and like she knows like some very Star Tracky like hand-to-hand combat um, maneuvers that she was using to get these guys who were attacking her off of her. But other than that, uh, and she also had a a vehicle where she could fly. Her her vehicle was a flying one, a hovering one. So and then they all combined to form one giant fighting robot, right? <laughs> Fuck shit! Fuck this show. <laughs> let me let me tell you guys actually a couple things from episode five that may or may not sway your opinion or make you want to go back and watch the whole series if we can find it somewhere. So, decompose has this weird ability when he just like touches a human, living human, with his like claw. Just touches you, doesn't kill you, just touches you. He actually turns you into a decomposed, which is sort of this like weird augmented human. You grow like two, three times your size, but you like your bones are on the outside and you look like an undead kind of freak. That happens to Sandra at some point, but she is like with a dose of sunlight, she is turned back to her normal. They, I think they say they call it her lovely self. The narrator calls it her lovely self, which is also super creepy, oh. like Augur. Um, Earth core. Earth core. Oh, we also should have mentioned that Augur, <clears throat> when Liquidator saved Sandra from San Francisco City College collapsing, Augur runs up to him, does not ask if he's okay. He's like, what did you and that woman get up to in there? Like, like yeah. a fucking like, creepy ex-boyfriend kind of thing. Super creepy, dude. Uh, what else we have from... Uh, Metlar is apparently freed at some point, and he has this ability to like uh, bring statues to life and turn them into an army for him. So he reanimated all the statues of the Battle of Gettysburg and the Earth Force had to fight basically statues of like Civil War soldiers at the Battle of Gettysburg. I (laughs) have no idea why or how that happened or what happened after that. I'm in. I'm in. And then it turns out the whole thing was was Eyepatch. Eyepatch made a deal with Metlar so that when Metlar took over the world and killed the Earth Force and Shore helps him kill the Earth Force that Eyepatch can rule whatever islands are left. Even though I would imagine that Pretty much all of humanity would be dead at that point. Not a great deal, but what are you going to do? The last point I want to make is that Sandra also gets a terrible power suit that looks like, she kind of looks like Alpha 5 a little bit from Power Rangers. She's got weird boob armor with like a slot in it. Uh, She looks really bad. Looks like somebody just wrapped her in tinfoil. It's really, really bad. Yeah, but like, but like, on Sandra, like, where are them balls located? None. No balls. Where are them balls on that power suit? No balls? No balls. Oh, so they finally... Not even her boobs. The one thing on a suit of power armor that would kind of make sense being like ball-shaped is like this weird trapezoid triangle thing with a slot in it. Makes zero sense. Ah, oh, man. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity, core. weird ball suit makers. Anyway. Fuck. I 
feel like I've exercised some demons on this one. Any any final thoughts before feel, we get I've, to some I other reviews? I feel like you're about to scream and just punch something, Dave. Punt. I will say his passion is his turn. His passion is turned. I'm glad. Turn. Turn. I'm, I'm glad my I was I was sitting on the fence and now I'm like my cartoon <laughs> debate tactics have uh, have won. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold on, there's still hope for you yet because we do have two user reviews from uh, unbiased mm. sources here. So, uh, Sean, do you want to read the first one there? Do you have that up in front of you? Yes. This is a uh, Mike Michael Cat. Uh, back in 2009, he wrote good cartoon. <laughs> the title to this review may contain for, spoilers for 30 years ago yeah <laughs> i remember watching the inhumanoids in the late 80s while in a rehab center we got a we got Key to demo <laughs> <laughs> i look look i'll preface it by Sorry. saying i feel kind of bad for this guy that he had to watch this particular show while in rehab but i'm glad he got through oh <laughs> uh, yeah this is a uh, we got we got to watch TV at certain hours, and uh, it just happened to coincide with the telecast time of this show. I was immediately interested in the cartoon, and I think the monster from the center of the earth were cool. I believe it was Metlar, Tundro, and Decomposed. I think I confused Tundro like, with uh, Herculoids, but that's okay. We'll give it to him. Yeah, yeah. He's close. close. He's real close, guys. Um, the Decomposed character was my favorite. Was my MT favorite. My mountain, my mountain my favorite. It's the favorite. best kind. We're reading these verbatim, folks, so I apologize. It had a good look and would simply shout, decompose, and the masses would turn into mindless zombies ready to do his bidding. I don't remember the rest of the plot, though. I mean, at this point, who really does? Uh, Could someone help? Uh, I just remember some scientists exploring inside a mountain and stumbling into the Inhumanoids. It was fun while it lasted. (laughs) The end. Then I got clean. (laughs) Yeah, and I straightened my life out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamal, could you do you happen to have a good like Greek accent by any any chance? Oh, Greek! I think that's one of the accents I can't. Oh, I, I have practiced. Mm. What does Greek sound like? Can you taste. do Balki Bartakamos? Balki Bartakamos from Perfect Strangers. Cousin Larry. Cousin Larry. It's me, Balki Bartakamos. Cousin Larry. Just do like that's a way too like Italian. 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 I'm going. Do like a rounded Italian. Italian. You'll be all right. I don't even know a well-rounded Italian. Know. Like a Mario. Oh, is that Greek? Ooh, no. Like a Mario. <laughs> a bit of the pizza pie. That's super oh, tough. I can't do Greek. Oh, That's one accent. Do you want to do do read another review from George Carposas? I'll read the uh, review from the uh, nice American, George Carposas. <laughs> <laughs> His title is The First Ones. <clears throat> I remember in Humanoids when... Very young, appearing in Greek television, they were something different because they contained so many monsters. If one watches the child zones of today's private Greek channels, he would be surprised by how monster-infested they are compared with the equivalent cartoons of my youth. The series which started the trend were Humanoids, which, with their memorable music giggle, and <laughs> I think he was going for jingle there, and many monsters, started this trend which now has become mainstream offering to Hellenic and Universal, uh, parentheses, I imagine, youth, its monstrous fruit. Truly a trendsetter in Greece, although I suspect it was not much of a novelty in the English-speaking world from where it originated. Nicely done. That was a fantastic Greek yeah, reading. Two, uh, two, word, two words I want to take out of that. Monstrous fruit. I got giggle fruit. Giggle fruit. I got giggle fruit. <laughs> giggle fruit. Okay, this. I'm gonna keep it as. Keep it as is. This is the point of the show where we uh, 
tell you whether or not we actually recommend that you out there in listener land check it out. And if we do not recommend it, whether or not it gets the dip. Now, again, for Roger Rabbit fans, the dip means that if it does get that, this show will be erased from all cartoon existence. We will never mention it or talk about it again. And in order to get the dip tonight, it's going to need at least two out of three dip recommendations. So we're going to start right. with our special guest, Jamal. A, do you recommend the show? And if not, does it get the dip? Uh, I don't recommend it, but I don't want to give it the dip so other people can be turned to the dark side like I was. <laughs> okay. So we changed your, your, you were kind of on the fence. You changed, uh, yeah, I was on the fence. Okay. And now, after actually sitting down and talking through it, this show is, <laughs> is garbage. It's trash. It was made by trash people. Um, <laughs> Nelson Shin, heard of him? Heard of him? Um, George Arthur Bloom, screenwriter, heard, heard of, of him? him? Um, so yeah, I'm not Got a fan. It. John, how about you, buddy? Did we sway you at all? Uh, Nah, I recommend this Fuck. show. Uh, I would say it's Ugh. worth. I'd say it's worth checking out. Definitely does not get the dip. Well, I'm not gonna recommend it. I am with Jamal on that, but I am gonna give it the dip. Uh, so you're Ooh. lucky that this still does exist, regardless of how angry I am about it. I just don't think Which there's anything I... really redeeming about it. I don't think the the character design, the hero design is terrible. The monster design is okay, but also just like weird looking and not like a compelling way. The story's kind of boring. The animation's the only thing that was, like, quality to it. Uh, even after watching that fifth episode, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm done. I don't really need to see more fill in the gaps. I don't need to know the mythology. Not interested. Your names are terrible. You got weird ball suits. Uh, your, your blood's boiling. I don't know, man. I think, for me, this gets the dip, and I'll never talk about it again. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying we can't... So you're saying we can't bring this up on one of our All-Star episodes where we recap about all of our We can. I just, I'll skip that over. <laughs> no i'll just get angry all over I just, again I, I just i just really want to get to these conversations where dave's just like i'm just going to back off for a moment and allow you to discuss it but i will refrain from providing my opinion but the good news is we do have a, a fun way to kind of close out the show here tonight we are going to go back to last question of the week and this one came yeah. from um bigfoot and the muscle machines it was related to yank justice and bigfoot it's actually brought to you by your pal rocky road and his car the humdinger and his buddy, Tank Bicep, riding in the Woo. glamour muscle. Woo. So our, our question Woo. of the week, what is your best truck driver name and your best monster truck name? The best answer that we right. pulled uh, from the interwebs comes from our good buddy, Bobby Anthem. He says his... Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, do you want to read it? Uh, yeah, it says uh, Bobby's response is, my name would be Punch Hood Wrestle, and my, tr- my truck would be Dire Dread. Get it? It's like a tire He's tread. I love Bobby's it. Bobby's the best. I love it. Thanks for explaining that, Bobby. Punch. Settle down. <laughs> settle the fuck down, Jamal. All right. Punch hood wrestle. Perfect. 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 100%. And then Bobby took a nice long nap after that. Well <laughs> Big powerful brain. Powerful brain. But now we want to give Jamal a chance to uh, get in on this action. Yeah, too. Jamal. So, Jamal, what do you got for Jamal us? Jamal has your, some What's classics. your truck driver name and monster truck name? Truck driver name is 8-Ball Shiv. <laughs> okay. Don't mess with that guy. 8-Ball Shiv. And my truck name is uh, Track Panzer. <laughs> like, get it? Like Black Panther? Oh, <laughs> get it? So I think I did that right. I think I mastered that. I need a nap. Yeah, now you're in a nap. <laughs> but before you get... Eight ball shit. From D-Block. Uh, and I'm also franchising my truck out to Slave Digger. <laughs> Jesus. <Yikes. laughs> 
my archness. I really think I really think we could start a new version of Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines with this new crew. I like it. I like this road crew. Oh boy. All right, before we close it out, Jamal, thank you again for joining us. If the folks out there would like to get in contact with you or let uh, or come see you if you're happen to be in the DC area doing any shows over the next couple of weeks, why don't you let them know what you'll be up to? Uh, so I'll be uh, performing as part of Washington Improv Theater's uh, POTUS show, which runs from October 14th through the first week of November, right before the election. That is super important this year. Um, and also, if you want to get uh, see me on social media, you can follow at Hello Newman. The O is a zero. Thank you. Fantastic. Nice. John, what about you, buddy? Uh, so as Jamal mentioned, I'm going to be in POTUS as well, so you can definitely check that out. Uh, also, I am uh, producing a long-form comedy improv festival that's going to be in D.C. It's called the District Improv Festival. It is the fourth annual District Improv Festival this year. Uh, you can check out information about tickets, workshops. Uh, best thing about this is that we have been able to massively lower ticket prices as well as there are tons of free ticket nice. prices, and all of our workshops are available uh, up online right now, and that's districtimprov.org. Uh, another shout is that uh, Jamal and I are getting ready to enter into the the Maryland 72-hour film festival. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, with, uh, we are doing that in moments. In moments from, from moments now. From now. Might uh, be late. <laughs> we are going to be up until about 5 in the morning writing a short film. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, Crowded Elevator Pictures uh, on Facebook as well as also uh, Crowded, CrowdedElevatorPictures.com. Uh, uh, you can find all the stuff that we have there. It's all up on Vimeo as well. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. So whatever we write this week, by the time this is probably out, it will probably be up on the internet for probably. people to be able to see it. Probably. Uh, so yeah, probably. That'll be good. So you can check that out uh, as well. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. Dave, what are you up to, buddy? Same old shit. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me over at Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveFromBoard.com. Uh, you will find all the information for both my contact info, Jamal's, and Sean's over at our website, which is SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's Morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. We, we love your Facebook comments over there, guys, whether it's just the question of the week or just saying, you know, thank you for reminding me of this cartoon show or please never cover this cartoon show again. It's terrible. Anything you want to say, feel free to come over and post it on our Facebook page. Uh, our YouTube account, you can listen to uh, a video capture of these uh, podcasts each and every week. You can also listen to the free audio podcast every week through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, if you just want to reach out and drop us a line, you can do so SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. That's going to do it for the second week of Monster Madness Month. We've got a couple more, a little more lighthearted stuff coming up in the, in the latter half of the month. We're going to get into some more uh, kid-friendly cartoons. Thank, thank God. Yeah. Something that's hopefully a little more palatable. Um, got some Mickey Mouse stuff coming up. We got some Casper stuff coming up, and some some Charlie Brown stuff coming up too. So, yeah, so we can hit some of the old classics and feel good stuff. Some more terribly drawn ball monsters coming at you <laughs> in your nightmares. <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode. <laughs> ball monsters. Thanks for having thanks me. For, thanks for coming to our ball <laughs> monster you. show, Jamal. Appreciate it. Yes, of course. of course. Thank you for coming back, Jamal. Much appreciate, man. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that it was the yes, show. I... No, I enjoyed it so much, <laughs> but hated it and will not yeah, recommend That's kind of the core of the show. And thanks again to Sean, as always. And thank you to our listeners out there. We will see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, everybody. 
Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>